When you think of great duos, who do you think of? Jordan and Pippen or LeBron and Dwayne Wade. I mean, I talk about basketball a lot here on this podcast, but for the Barcelona version, there's PK and Puyol or PK and Mascherano or the easy example of Xavi and Iniesta. And as you can hear from my voice, the perfect teammates aren't just professional athletes. It's cold season. I guess the flu and cold medicine, perfect teammates as well. But in this case, when it comes to growing your business, that's you and Shopify. Shopify is a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. To be honest, I've been doing this show long enough. And as I mentioned, it's cold and flu season. You hear it in my voice, especially during the holiday season. So whenever it comes to this business, anything that I can set up and kind of have working in the background that I know and can trust is just plugging along without my attention. Those are the things that I really value at this point. So when my brain is foggy, all I can do is manage to turn on the microphone, talk to the guest, or just talk to myself and get out a piece of content. Everything else, having that all automated or working in the background, that's been important to keeping me sane. And that's the thing about something like Shopify. What I do love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. So no matter how big or small, how good of a month or how bad of a month, things are just the same working in the background. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is a global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs on every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tbpod, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash tbpod now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash tbpod. They call you the grill master. You've seared the thickest porterhouse in the butcher shop. And as you lift that first forkful to your mouth, you savor the moment. To get amazing offers during the Mercedes-Benz summer event, like the 2019 C-Class sedan and GLC SUV. The perfect recipes of driving performance. Plus, you can enjoy six months of Sirius XM All Access included. The Mercedes-Benz summer event. Now serving limited time offers on a select lineup of vehicles. Offers end September 3rd. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. They call you the grill master. You've seared the thickest porterhouse in the butcher shop. And as you lift that first forkful to your mouth, you savor the moment. To get amazing offers during the Mercedes-Benz summer event. Like the 2019 C-Class sedan and GLC SUV. The perfect recipes of driving performance. Plus, you can enjoy six months of Sirius XM All Access included. The Mercedes-Benz summer event. Now serving limited time offers on a select lineup of vehicles. Offers end September 3rd. Mercedes-Benz. The best or nothing. brought to you by the most influential voices in the FC Barcelona community. Thanks again for tuning in. You can tap in your app and check out the show notes to subscribe to the show. You can also find us on social media. We're on Twitter at the Barcelona Pod or at HiltonD13. Of course, I'm Dan Hilton. He's Frances Tomas. And Frances, we got to get right into our show today where we're answering the question of La Gran Pagunta about Antoine Griezmann. And that comes on the heels, of course, of Iniesta saying goodbye at his farewell ceremony as well as some negative news about La Masia that we might get into later on in the show, or we might have to wait till later, but let's get right into it, Frances. And let's start with the Gran Pregunta of where will Griezmann play if he joins, and 
I don't know, Francis, before we try to answer this completely, my bigger thought to answering the question is not exactly where in the field he'll play. I don't think that's going to be as much of an issue, but I think it's easily solved by keeping the players you have intact. And we've heard rumors about Luis Suarez having to be moved on, about Dembele being loaned out or moved on. But to me, if you have a quote-unquote front five with Philippe Coutinho, Luis Suarez, Lionel Messi, Antoine Griezmann, and Ousmane Dembele, and constantly rotating one of them every game or every few games, so in theory, four of the five are always starting with Ernesto Valverde most likely sticking with that 4-4-2, so Coutinho out on the left, Dembele out on the right, Suarez and Messi, the two up top, and then of course Griezmann, who can play in any of those positions, as again, he's not really an out-and-out striker at a number nine, I would believe that quality-wise, he and Messi could function together as the front two in a 4-4-2. But that said, I think with him constantly moving across that front line, of, or those four, should we say the two in the outside on the midfield and the two up top, that keeps everybody fresh. And the fifth of those players even can come off the bench in every match. So it's not like you're rotating and people are sacrificing major playing time. It's just that players are getting rested. And, and I heard this on Twitter even, that they've said... For Ronaldo and the way that Zidane manages his time that he looked like utter rubbish in the first half of the season, they rested him properly against games that they called meaningless. And yes, that may have lost them the league, but on a personal note and an individual note, Ronaldo has been really, really good here in the second half. And maybe it's the time with Luis Suarez that that's done with him because, of course, he is what he is and he's getting the criticism that he's been getting because it seems like he's slower, that he's older and certainly he hasn't any rest of all at all, and I think he still, as a player, deserves the benefit of the doubt. So I'd say with Luis Suarez, if you're able to rest him much more than they did this year, that's going to put them in good position. And we have said about if Barcelona are indeed set on getting Antoine Griezmann, then we're going to have to figure out how he's going to fit in. Is Barcelona's board's very public pursuit of Griezmann spoiling the good relations that they had with Atletico Madrid? You know, this is modern football. I mean, we are not... We are not going to be the first team talking to players with contracts and that's happened to us as well, you know. Obviously, I think the clumsiness was when um, Luis Suarez came to the forefront I started talking about Griezmann joining after he belonged to us. I think Bartomeu was also very clumsy and irresponsible even um, about talking about, you know, the negotiation with Griezmann because this guy has a contract. Fair enough, the release clause drops in the summer, but... I think we shouldn't have done that. So, of course, things could have been done better. But then again, you know, we're not going to discover that these things happen in professional football and, and it's part of what we do. I mean, um, Atletico are sort of playing victims in this occasion because they're at the receiving end. But when they sign players, even last summer, like Vitolo, for example, they did precisely um, the, the exact same thing they're complaining about. So, you know, uh, what comes goes around comes around. And I don't think... Barca or pretty much any professional team can be saying, no, no, we are totally innocent of doing anything like that. And um, that's, that's the world we live in, unfortunately. I think the even harder question to ask then is what team and which players play when you need a win? When your back is against the wall, when you have to bat at your best 11, who's going to be the 11 to make that starting lineup? And if we go with the idea I, I proposed earlier with the four of Coutinho, Suarez, Messi, Griezmann, Dembele, four of the five playing then I think, you know, trying to hypothesize that now might even be unnecessary. And again, another cop-out answer. But if one of them is hurt, then they don't start. If one of them isn't completely fresh or is com- or is out of form or Dembele still may not have found his way, then you go with the four that make the most sense at the time. And 
you know, the way I see it, it's also a possibility that all five could play together with Suarez being the farthest most forward up on the left with Griezmann slightly behind him on the right off his right shoulder and then Messi in behind the two. And of course, that puts a lot of onus on Busquets. But I think that when that happens, that Coutinho, and we've been wondering if with on this day that Iniesta may be leaving, if Coutinho is tucked in a little farther and then Rakitic winds up being the other midfielder instead of Dembele, that puts you in a situation where you have that 4-3-1-2, which again, teams in the world do play. And that I think is the way that Barcelona would have to work it out. And you'd have to expect that Griezmann and Suarez are going to help provide some width and while Suarez didn't really do that well in the first half of the year when they tried to play Suarez farther out on the left and Messi individually in the middle channel before really sticking with that 4-4-2 these are things that quality wise you'd have to think that Barcelona still have the talent to do that and if Busquets and Rakitic as I said it all goes back to rotation if those guys are properly rotated and they have legs to give in the times that they have to give them then I think that you'd be fine defensively trusting that situation on the other foot if that depth doesn't reappear this upcoming season and it seems like Busquets and Rakitic are having to go out 90 minutes every single match they play, those issues are going to continue whether or not Griezmann is in the team. I thought his rotation policy could have been and should have been much better in terms of giving secondary players a better chance. But then again, when they have been given the chance, your Alex Vidal, your, you know, your Gomez and even Denitz and, and Alcácer, they haven't really performed at the level that was required. So in a way, you have to understand why the manager wasn't rotating. But, you know, I think if he had gotten the Masia more involved and actually tr- properly trusted these bench players, they could have added a little bit more. But, you know, I think when you put everything together and you weigh up the season, we've got Doblete, like a domestic double, Champions League, it hurts, but we couldn't achieve that one this season. But I think winning a double in your first year should absolutely guarantee you a second season. And the target needs to be winning the Champions League. Yeah, it's going to be a short La Grande Pregunta today, Frances. I think we're both in agreement on the point of that Griezmann is a guy that is going to bring plenty of quality, that he will be fit in somewhere. And it's a good problem to have for Valverde instead of a bad problem to have. And I think it will all sort itself out. But the issue is going to be wages and money. And one of the things that I was thinking about with Iniesta leaving, and this is where I'll finalize the Gran Pagunta. But for me, Iniesta leaving, it's been something that has you know, pulled on our heartstrings and has been a difficult thing for us to come to terms with. But I think there's certainly been times this season when you can't imagine the Barcelona midfield having any kind of control over a game without him. Then you see against certain opponents this year, and particularly against Levante most recently, he just doesn't have it anymore. There are, there are just large stretches of games where he, his legs just aren't underneath him in the ways that they used to be. And now with his wages coming off the books, unfortunately to say, you can see that it is beneficial for both the club and him to part ways now, and they have come to that, that final reckoning. And with his final home game against Real Sociedad in his last game for Barcelona, you know, I hearken back to about a month ago, Sid Lowe wrote a piece for The Guardian that is worth a read, but the line that stood out to me was that Iniesta is the everyman in football. Ronaldo is too good-looking and chiseled and doesn't seem to be like everybody else. You know, going to the gym, you can't attain that. Zlatan Ibrahimovic is just this unbelievable athlete that you have to be born that way. Lionel Messi's magic defines anything that someone can physically practice and work on in a training session. And yet, the second-place finisher for the, the 2010 Ballon d'Or 
we're going to have to remind future generations and non Kool-Aid in the future of just what he did. And even as of next week or next year, you're going to have to say to people who were not Kool-Aid, who weren't watching Iniesta week in and week out, to remind them of the magic that he had, that he surely in... Not to say that he was the same generation, but when you talk about the great midfielders, whether it's Pirlo and Xavi and Gerard and Lampard and those and David Beckham, should we say, those midfielders that have defined this sort of this generation of this 10, 15 year period, you're going to have to remind them that Iniesta certainly deserves to be up there. And he might have an argument to be the greatest of all of them because there is that little special something that Illusionista had. And, and as I've said, where in future generations, even now, you can look at these highlight packages of Messi and goal scorers, and you can see what they did and the importance of these players. And even Puyo, you can see the physical nature of some of his goals, or you can watch highlight packages of his defensive prowess. But for Iniesta and Xavi, you can watch things of their passing and times when they broke through the defenses and, and broke through the lines. But most importantly, you're not going to be able to see unless you find footage of entire old games, which there isn't much existing. You would have to watch an entire match to understand what the likes of Iniesta and Xavi and Busquets did. And above all else, the way Iniesta just combined with the other two throughout those Pep Guardiola years and, and throughout the first half of this decade, even through Villanova and Martino. And I think with the three of them in the way that they had their connection and the beautiful football they played, that's what you're going to miss most about Iniesta was that, you know, the way he calmed you, the control he had over a game, and that, you know, you were comfortable as a Kool-Aid with a ball at his feet. And that's not a feeling that you get from almost any football in the world. Fans can turn on anybody, but Iniesta, can you never turn on him because of how much trust you always had in the player? Well, right now, Frances, it's all you. Time for La Ronda. Right, thank you, Dan. This is La Ronda de Preguntas now. Uh, we've got plenty of questions, and I am delighted to say that they have come from our Facebook group. So the Barcelona Podcast Facebook group. Um, if you're not part of it, you're certainly missing out. So it's tvpod.link forward slash group. And also our friends at Daily Barca have been having and since have been sending lots of questions. So let's get right into it. Now, our first question is not really a question. It's a comment that um, I want to share with you. It's from Victor. And Victor says, I'm honestly exhausted from this season. I have no more questions about Valverde's decision-making, the board's decision, being Messi defender, La Masia players not playing first team, Dembele's purchase, a pitiful Champions League exit, unbeaten records, Jerry Mina not playing Pep, beautiful football or anything about Madrid. He goes on to say, I would love to find time to just enjoy the accomplishments and goals of the season and shed a tear of joy as I enjoy one more Iniesta moment on the Camp Nou pitch. Obviously, that's the game against Real Sociedad on Sunday. And I have to say that I have to agree with what Victor is trying to say here. Um, we tend to analyze a lot of different points throughout the season. And, you know, this is this is our job. This is what we do. And this is what we do, the podcast. We're trying to always try and make things better. We're trying to always think about ways to um, share a knowledge and, and ways to improve the club. But at this moment in time, I think we've got the doblete in the back. And it's important to see what Victor is saying here. It's that we have been successful this season. Um, Roma was a fiasco and we're never really going to get over that. But I think overall this season has been a success and we should just take a moment to celebrate. And obviously, Argentinas Sociedad, hopefully Iniesta can have a farewell like he deserves. Linked to that final first game from Iniesta, we've got a question from Elliot. And Elliot asks, 
Rumors are saying that Messi will be left out of the squad against Real Sociedad. Is it a good move by Valverde now that the unbeatable run is over and play youngsters instead? Listen, I'm not really bothered about whether Messi plays the last game or not. To be honest, I'm not really bothered about anyone playing it more than Iniesta, to be honest. Um, I think it would be a shame for the many people that are going to float the Camp Nou um, to not see Messi playing. But then again, you know, the season is over. And if he wants to get some rest, you know, in preparation for the World Cup, basically he's given us everything. I don't really have a problem with that. I think the main protagonist of the Camp Nou game on Sunday has to be Iniesta, and rightfully so, because he's written history for so many years for us that he deserves a farewell which fits his contribution to us. James asking, how likely is it that Barca are sanctioned for their pursuit of Griezmann? At the end of the day, they have, actually done anyth have they actually done anything wrong? The player has a release clause, so Barca know how much they have to pay, so there are no negotiations needed. All they need to do is agree terms with the player, and that's precisely what I was saying. As long as Barca have the money in the bank, which, you know, it's 100 million euros for a player that is world class, a player that can score and be a main protagonist in the Europa League final, someone who is going to take, hopefully, France far into the World Cup finals and actually do very well with this country. This is someone of the calibre that we need. This is someone that will strengthen the team immediately and 100 million euros for him seems, seems like a bargain at this moment in time based on the reasons that I just said. Um, whether Barca are going to get sanctioned or not, I mean, you know, you know how Spanish football works. You know how the Spanish Federation works. It is likely that Barca gets sanctioned for pretty much anything. You've got many in the Spanish Federation that don't really like what Barca are doing and what Barca stand for. So if they can do anything within the power to, to get Barca to be punished, then I'm sure they will. But, you know, that shouldn't surprise anybody. That's, that's what happens in Spain and that's what happens at Barca. And we just have to learn to deal with it because however much we complain about it, it doesn't seem to be changed or be about to change. Akraf asks, can Paco Alcácer be our first striker if we give him a chance? Um, I guess he could be our first striker if we gave him the chance, but you know, I don't think we would get very far in pretty much any competition if that was the case. You know, I don't want to be hyper harsh, but you know, the guy's been at Barca for several years now and he's proven next to nothing. And you know, when you've got Luis Suarez in front of yourself, and you know, even when Suarez's form was terrible at the beginning of this current season, Alcácer didn't even get a sniff. You know, he was coming on every couple of matches for 20-25 minutes and I don't think that's someone who has the caliber to actually start every game for Barca. I mean, if we are going to challenge against the like of Real Madrid, Chelsea, Manchester City, Juventus, etc. throughout the whole of next season and for years to come, I think Paco Alcácer cannot really be your starter. He could be a good backup, but then again, I think players from La Masia that are coming through, like Jose Arnaiz, hopefully his injuries get better and he can actually make an impact. But for the role that Alcácer is doing, I think we could have kept Munir or even Sandro and many players along the way. I mean, Abel Ruiz cannot be very far from being promoted and actually doing what Alcácer is doing, which is playing very little. And I'd rather invest that amount of playing time on someone who is actually quite possibly going to be with us for the next 10-15 years and has a chance of moving a club forward. I think Paco Alcácer has to leave this summer, um, as harsh as that may sound. We seem to be getting a lot of questions about Dembélé's future. Stefano asks, do you think Sunday is Dembélé's final game at Barca? Um, no, I don't think so. Tom asks, what do you think about the far-fetched rumours of a swap deal of Dembélé for Mbappé? Would you take this deal even if it required additional money to be paid? Um, I don't really believe the rumours. I think Mbappé you know, plays for uh, PSG 
I don't think that the people running PSG are going to be very willing to do a straight swap. I mean, Mbappé, I think he's a better player than Dembélé was last season. And certainly at the end of the season, given Dembélé's trajectory and performance in so far about I think he's still ahead. Um, I wouldn't know why PSG would be willing to do a swap. And that, that said as well, I mean, Barca invested heavily on Dembélé. He was injured for the vast majority of, I would say, the first six, seven months. You know, by the time he recovered form, that's where we were. And um, second part of the season, he's slowly but surely finding his place. I mean, he seems to be a very regular player, someone who is capable of scoring a double against, I think it was Deportivo at the Camp Nou and wowing everybody. But then also, you know, not being able to complete a final pass in the game before and after that one. So I think given his youth, we need to be patient. But it's clear that Dembélé is on the up and he's already completed the hardest part of his adaptation process at the Camp Nou. And I think that next season, um, hopefully he can do the preseason with us, obviously, once he comes back from um, the World Cup and his rest after that. But he can join us, he can be established, he can feel confident around his teammates and start the season as it's as meant to be. Um, I don't really see him leaving and I don't really want to even hear about him swapping because I think he's got a great future ahead. Atharva asks... We clearly need a midfielder this summer. Thoughts on who to bring? Um, for me, it's Carla Salagna from Barca B and Arthur, uh, because obviously the Arthur deal has already been closed and he's rumoured and he's not official, but it's very largely believed here in Catalonia that he is going to be joining us in the winter. But, you know, I would do everything within my power to bring that forward. Um, Alagna, I think it's a clear progression in terms of um, La Masia sort of becoming much more important and relevant at first team level. Um, Alanya, obviously, you know, and I want to sort of throw a bit of warning in there. He's not ready for first team action as a starter and he won't be anytime soon. But I think, you know, the minutes that say Denis Suarez or even Andre Gomes have enjoyed this season could have and probably should have gone his way. But, you know, coming the summer, that, that should be that should be a priority. You know, I think Carlos Alanya given his touch, given his vision, given his understanding of the system, um, would be a fantastic addition. And in order to strengthen our midfield, I also think that Sergio Roberto should be pushing forward. Um, with the void left by Iniesta, you know, we need more La Masia blood and understanding and, and vision. So I think that Sergio Roberto can bring that. I really do hope that Nelson Semedo continues to progress at right back. I mean, it is an absolute shame that he actually didn't make the um, World Cup squad for Portugal. But then again... You know, the Portuguese manager must have his reasons, but, you know, better for us because he's going to be more rested and more willing and eager to impress. So if Sergio Roberto moves to midfield, Nelson Semedo becomes the starter. I would say Sergio Valencia from Barca B gets promoted to the first team and can actually be the backup whenever needed, sort of going on with the philosophy that I was describing early on. And I think the sky's the limit with that. I mean... Um, if we don't try it, we never really know if it's going to work out. But Sergio Roberto as a midfielder and Sergi Palencia as a backup for the fullback right position makes perfect sense to me and should be the way forward. Our friend Michael Miller asks, considering that Ivan Rakitic has proven this season that he could replace Sergio Busquets in case of injury or suspension, what are Sergio's best chances to remain with Barca in the upcoming season? Um, that's a very good question. I'm not sure that Sergi Samper actually has what is worth to succeed at Barca. I do know that by saying that, a lot of people listening are probably going to feel, um, you know, like I tried to stab them in the heart because um, Sergi Samper has a huge amount of fans, and rightly so, you know. He progressed through the ranks at La Masia from, 
you know, it must have been Alebimbe all the way up to the first team, although he never really established himself. And, you know, he was fantastic every step of the way. He understands the Barca system perfectly well. But the thing is, at professional level, he suffered from injuries. And when it's, when it's not sure for the manager that you're going to be available, then the manager sort of stopped counting on you and they prefer other players. Um, Barca obviously, under Luis Enrique particularly, because that should have been when he actually cracked the first team, but he didn't. Under Luis Enrique, there was a loan option and he chose badly. You know, he went to Almeria, then he suffered injuries. But then again, even when fit, he wasn't really playing. Um, went to Las Palmas and didn't really make the team at the start. Then he began sort of um, enjoying some playing time here and there. Then he got another injury and had to return to Barcelona. So, you know, professional football is really harsh and sometimes it's unfair. And I, don't, I really don't know. Isergi Samper will be recovering from injury, be given the chance to succeed at Barca and actually respond to that. Um, if I have to bet my house on it, I'd say no. I'd say that he needs to go on another loan and probably that wouldn't be a loan. That would be a traspaso. That would be um, a sale. So hopefully with a buyback clause if he ever succeeds. But, you know, I do wish him all the best because especially when you're a player for La Masia, you know, you want to give your players the best possible chance of success. But... I don't think that his future is going to be at the Camp Nou in the, in the near future. We've got a question from Terry. And Terry asks, what players from within the club should step up to the first team squad next season? This question actually came up in our first show this week. So I would strongly advise Terry and all of you listeners that are obviously still listening to this show today, that you go back and listen to our previous show. Um, we had a special in there. We had a La Gran Pregunta that you're certainly going to enjoy. And I'm not even going to tell you what it was. So you have to look it up yourselves. <laughs> so please do that. And in La Gran Pregunta first. And then after La Gran Pregunta, we've got La Ronda. And this question was covered. So please go back and look at our previous episode. You will find out the answer there. Luke asks, Can you assess Paulinho's season after Cules' less than enthusiastic welcome? and his price tag. Okay, so Paulinho, he surprised us this season. He was far better than I think any of us actually anticipated, and he proved that his strength really was something that his teammates and his coach actually really appreciated. In terms of goal scoring return, I think he's, he's between 9 and 10 goals now, and that's, you know, based on what we thought was going to happen, that is a fantastic return. I mean, he's the best scoring midfielder we've got in the team, and that actually does say something. It's a third goal scorer in the, in the team as well this season behind Suarez and obviously Messi. So he must have done something right. Um, is his price justified? No, I don't think so. I think 40 million for a 29-year-old, 30 now, um, that added what Paulinho was managing to add. Um, I don't think that, that justifies it. Um, not because of his return. Like His numbers are fine, but... He doesn't really fit within the Barca system in terms of enable the ball to flow. And, you know, if it's a partido de de vuelta, so when the ball goes forward and backwards and transitions between um, attacking and defending are quicker, then Paulinho feels comfortable. But in the crucial games of the season, you know, against, say, Roma and even Chelsea in the previous round in the Champions League, um, when the team sort of hold back and sit back and, and wait for us to create something, I, I don't think that Paulinho is confident in that sort of situation. So, you know, I really do think that the way forward has to be trusting our La Masia players or bringing world-class players in midfield that are eager 
and able to understand the Barca system, but I don't think Paulinho fits that. Um, having said that, I think he's a valid player to have in the squad, and clearly his teammates appreciate what he adds. So um, I will give him another season and see where we are at the end of that. And that'll wrap things up. Thanks so much for listening to the Barcelona podcast. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon. Forza Barca. Forza. season all your favorites have one home for the holidays yours with disney plus merry christmas moana woody buzz captain marvel darth vader and homer will all be there so make room make disney plus your home for the holidays streaming disney pixar marvel star wars nat geo and 30 seasons of the simpsons that's something to celebrate merry christmas to you all these and more now streaming go to disneyplus.com to sign up now Right now, when you come in and switch to T-Mobile, you get the amazing iPhone 11 Pro on us with iPhone XS trade-in. Ah, aren't these mountains majestic? Joe, are you even looking? I'm posting these amazing pics I took with my iPhone 11 Pro. It has three cameras. Whoa, those pics are amazing. And you have service too? T-Mobile. Their newest signal goes farther than ever before. Uh, then you can look up whether these are bear tracks, right? Or we could just run. Come to a T-Mobile store today and get iPhone 11 Pro on us with iPhone XS trade-in. And right now, get four lines for just 30 bucks a line with AutoPay. Switch today. Contact us if you cancel or credits may stop in full price due, plus taxes and fees via 24 monthly credits for well-qualified customers with qualifying service and finance agreement. Zero down with trade-in plus 3125 times 24 months. Pre-credit price $999.99. Zero percent APR while supplies last. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.